remember. Remembrance Sunday. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Edmund Burke, who's an Anglo-Irish statesman and philosopher, apparently said that. The other one that is very similar to it is the one who does not remember history is bound to live through it again. George Santillana. You actually don't want to know his full name. He was Spanish, but uh, moved over to, to America when he was young and was, a, again, a philosopher, an essayist, a poet, and a novelist. It's disputed whether Edmund Burke did actually write the first statement that is attributed to him. The second statement is from George Santillana and is found on a plaque at Auschwitz concentration camp, written in both Polish and English, as well as in a German underground station written in German. Those who do not remember history, sorry, the one who does not remember history is bound to live through it again. Today we've paused to remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice in the Great War, or as commonly known, World War I. Also in World War II, and in all subsequent wars and battles that have been fought around the world since the end of World War II, and are still ongoing. There are battles going on in the world. Now, the film and entertainment industry have, unfortunately, often glorified and glamorized war, never truly showing the full extent of the horror and suffering that has taken place during these wars and battles. The people who survived these ordeals were often too traumatized to speak about the horrors that they had witnessed or experienced, or they wanted to protect their loved ones from what they had experienced or witnessed. It is part of our nature to protect those who we love especially when it comes to trauma and horror. We've ignored ignored these two philosophers and continue to repeat the mistakes of the past, but just in a new way. It's no longer on a global scale, although battles are happening in many places in the world right now, even as I'm speaking. The end of the Great War, that's what it was called then when it finished, the Great War, the war to end all wars, The League of Nations was established, and yet, not 20 years later, just over 20 years later, World War II broke out. The end of World War II, the United Nations was formed. Since the end of World War II, there's not been a day in the earth that there hasn't been conflict going on. There hasn't been a battle. There's been a battle going on every day since the end of World War II. We've not learned from our mistakes Remembering what has happened and telling the next generation about it should be done, not to traumatize them, but to help them to understand the history of their nation and the nations, and hopefully prevent them from making the same mistakes. I was fortunate. After I finished school, I was in the Merchant Navy, and I went to Hiroshima in Japan, And I went to the war museum there. Now Hiroshima, for those of you who don't know, was the city that the first atomic bomb was dropped on. The museum is is an incredible place and such a reminder of why we do not want to see that type of destruction ever again. I have a little freestanding plaque that I bought there. It sits in our kitchen on the windowsill. And it's a plaque of the A-bomb dome that is there in Hiroshima. It's the only building that is left standing from when the city was bombed. 
And it's left, left standing as a statement to all people. On the little plaque, it says, no more Hiroshima's. And when you've gone through the museum and see the destruction that took place, the devastation that was caused by that bomb on that city and on the people, you know why they put on the plaque, no more Hiroshima's. That A-bomb dome is a building left standing as a reminder to Japan and to the world that we never want to see that type of destruction again. Yes, there was another one in Nagasaki a number of days later because the Japanese didn't surrender after the first bomb. Remembering what has gone before us, remembering what we have learnt from our past is so important. The next generation needs to learn from its predecessors. The older generation has an obligation to teach and train the next generation. It's a biblical principle. We are told in Proverbs to train our children in the way they should go. And when when they're older, they'll not depart from it. When the Israelites came out of captivity in Egypt, God spoke to them through Moses because they were too scared to face God face to face when they were on the mountain. God spoke to them through Moses and he gave them the Ten Commandments to show them how to live, how to live and what God wanted of them. Now that is found in Deuteronomy 5. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses continues to speak to the Israelites. And let's read what he says. I just want to read verse 1 to 7 of Deuteronomy 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and the commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. I just want to read verse 6 and 7 again. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Impress them on your children. Talk about them whenever you have an opportunity. When you're sitting, walking, and even lying down, getting ready for bed, talk to your children about them. Take every opportunity to impress on your children the love and protection that is found in the law and commandments of the Lord. Now, God is so emphatic about telling the next generation. He repeats this a little further on in Deuteronomy 11, 1 to 19. Now, I'm not going to read the whole passage. I'm going to skip a few verses. So Deuteronomy 11, 1-8 says this, Love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, His decrees, His laws, and His commands always. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the, dis- the discipline of the Lord your God, His majesty, His mighty hand, His outstretched arm, the signs He performed and the things He did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to His whole country, 
what he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how he, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the desert until you arrived at this place, and what he did to Death and Abiram, sons of Eliab the Reubenite, when the earth opened its mouth right in the middle of all Israel and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that belonged to them. But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Observe, therefore, all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. In this verse 18 and 19. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on the hands and bind them on your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Remember, remember, remember. Your children did not see what God did. So you have to tell them what he did. So that they will know that they can put their trust in him. Because he is able to do these amazing things. Remember. Just before the last plague that led to the exodus from Egypt, God gave instructions to the parents to tell their children about the Passover once they had entered the promised land. The Passover was the last plague where he killed off the, first, the firstborn, but he, the angel of death passed over the Israelites. They put blood on the doorpost. They had to kill the lamb, put blood on the doorpost on the two sides and above, making the sign of the cross. And this is what it says in Exodus 12, 24 to 27. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe the ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does the ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. This is why the Passover meal is such an important part of the life of the Jews. Why it's a whole evening of eating and drinking and storytelling. If you've ever done a Passover meal, you'll know what it's like. It's not just a quick meal around the table. It goes on for hours because there's a recalling and a, <clears throat> and a telling of the story of what God did for them. It's a remembering of what God did for the Jews as a nation, telling the next generation about the greatness of God and his love for his people. And when those children get older and have their children, they do the same things. They remind, they remind, they remind their children. They remember what God has done for them. Now this is all part of the old covenant that God made with his people, the Israelites. But we have a new covenant in which we celebrate the fulfillment of the Passover with an understanding of who the Lamb is. It's Jesus. And that his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us. Just the scripture that we started off with this morning of John 1, uh, 35 to 39, where John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He says, this is, this is Jesus, you know, and the disciples go and follow him. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we have communion. We no longer do the Passover, we have communion. 
It's a time of remembrance for us. We celebrated it last week. And it's a time to remember Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. He did it by going to the cross for us and dying on our behalf. But before he did that, he set in place a practice of remembrance for us at the Last Supper. Paul the Apostle reminds us of it in 1 Corinthians 11:23 to 26. It's often a verse that is used when we prepare for communion. It says, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, we don't only remember what Jesus has done for us when we celebrate communion. We should remember the things that he has done for us in our lives, the little things, the large acts of kindness that we've received from God through the hands of other people. I mean, Tracy has a wonderful story to tell of just her father-in-law. He's been going through some tough times. She's been going through some tough times with him, and God has just come through for her. She had a morning of prayer, and God just broke through. It's a story you can ask her to share it with you. I'm sure she won't mind telling you about it. It's such a glorious story of just God answering. It's those testimonies that we need to be telling, sharing. The finances that have come for us, come through for us at the right time, just when you needed it. We are desperate and you've cried out to God and he answers. Somebody unexpectedly gives you some money. Those are things we remember God as well for what he's done for us. The gifts that people have given to us unexpectedly. The words of encouragement that we received when we so needed them. The prayers that we've received when we've needed them. When we're feeling low, when we're feeling under attack, that's when we must remember what God has done for us. In the past and in the the recent present as well. And we need to be expectant of Him to do it again. Bring to remembrance the miracles that you have seen God perform when you or someone else has prayed for for a person. The healings that have taken place when you or someone else have prayed for that person. Remember those things. Call them to mind. And this is one of the reasons why we do Remembrance Sunday. And the 11th of November is such an important day in in the life especially of this nation. The end of the Great War. It was supposed to be the war that ended all wars, but it didn't. But it's a reminder to us of what God has done. There's not many people around alive today that can remember the Great War. Very few of them. There are a number of people, the older folk, whose their parents were part of the Great War, and they all have stories they could tell you. But we have men and women who were involved in, in the Second World War that are still alive and still able to tell us stories. The Queen, she was one of them. She served during the Second World War. She's one of them. There's many people there. That can, and those stories need to be told so that people remember what has happened and that we don't want to go through those times again. We don't want to have that. But also to remember what God did for them, the incredible things that he did for them. I mean, Jill's dad was an, had an amazing story of what happened to him during the war. 
He was bombed, left for dead. He was a sailor, fell into the water, and that revived him. With one arm and one leg, he managed to swim to, to a raft. And he was taken up, put on a hospital ship, and went to two places. One in, in, he was in Palestine first, then in North Africa, and then got on a hospital ship to South Africa. And he ended up marrying his nurse and never came back to this country, but that's how we could be here because of him. But there was just an amazing miracle. With one arm and one leg, he could swim because the other part of his body was shattered, broken. It was a miracle that he could do that. He was known to be the fittest man in the fleet, and that certainly helped, that he was physically fit. But those miracles, we need to remember those stories. Our children know those stories because he's told them, and they were little, and we've told them. And we need to remember these stories. And Remembrance Sunday is about that. Honoring those who have gone before us, who have given so much. But as Christians, we are to remember what Jesus has done for us. We should be able to talk about it in a natural and everyday manner of what God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us, to anyone at any time. Each and every one of us has a testimony to share of what God has done. For, for us. And just over these last couple of weeks, as we've been going through the I Ams of Jesus, we've been hearing stories of what God has done in different lives in this church, of the people, as they've shared stories, as they've given a, brought a message. And we need to do that. We need to remember our salvation, how you came to Christ. That's a story that you can share with others, that they cannot deny. Remember what God has done for you. When you're going through tough times, when you're struggling, remember what God has done for you. Remember your salvation. Be prepared at every opportunity to share about it. We are called and we are commissioned to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we have that amazing joy, that amazing privilege to let people know just who Jesus is, how he gave his life for us. And that's why we can celebrate communion. We remember what he has done. Have a test me ready whenever you are. And a test me is not just about your salvation. It's about what God has done just in this last week or two weeks or yesterday or the, you know, all of those stories. We've all got stories that we can tell. Remember, Jesus loves you and the Holy Spirit is with you always. So you have the presence and power of God with you at all times. Remember, you are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. He is the King of Kings. He's our Lord and our Savior. And because of that, we can remember all of these things and we can share with others what we do. I mean, it's amazing here. It's wonderful hearing the stories of the veterans from World War II, hearing their stories. But we want to share stories with people of What's just happened in this last time? In the spiritual battles that have taken place, not just the physical battles, because we're involved in a spiritual battle. And this nation is going through a spiritual battle at this time. And that's why we need to be praying. And we haven't prayed yet for Pearly and Kenley and the surrounding areas like we normally do. We're going to do it now. We're going to stop now and we're going to pray for our country, for the things that God lays on our hearts. And we do that each week. We pray for this nation because we know it's a spiritual battle that we're involved in and we remember what God has done in the past. He can do now for us and he is doing now. 
So I'm just going to finish off by praying, and then we're going to stand together and we're going to pray for our area, pray for our nation, pray for the people that, that God lays on our hearts now. Father, thank you that on this day when we remember what happened, what brought about the end of the Great War, we celebrate this day in remembrance of that. No longer lives being lost for no reason at all. We remember those that gave their lives in the Second World War. We remember those who have given their lives in conflicts, in wars since then, Father. All across this nation, all across the world, people from this nation have gone out to serve. We thank you, Lord, for that. We remember those who have gone from this nation into the nations with your word, the missionaries that went out and suffered great deal things, Lord, to take your word into the nations. We remember them at this time too. We thank you, Lord, for them, that they went before us and took the gospel out to those nations. Remember them. Thank you, Father, that we can remember those who have given so much for us. And remember Jesus, who gave everything for us, that we can be called sons and daughters of the living God. Thank you, Lord. Amen.